Hi, and welcome back to Everybody Needs a Natalie. I'm Natalie. What is a Natalie? A Natalie wants your story and creates a safe place to tell it. Natalies are into validating your human experience and helping you feel less alone in this world. This Natalie also happens to be a credentialed professional coach, and anytime I can use any of my wisdom or training to help someone do life in a way that makes them feel better, I also try to be a guide. I went to the beach on Sunday afternoon to journal and I wrote down something that I want to believe. I wrote, I am not afraid of anything. And I sat for a minute and believed that I wasn't afraid of anything. I asked myself, if that's true, then what? Then I will set out to do the thing I want to do right this moment. If I want to be a Natalie, I will go be a Natalie. I looked around and I saw Nick. My intuition told me Nick was my first conversation, so I immediately ignored it and approached a pair of men sitting nearby. They declined my invitation, and that no felt like a reinforcement towards something I already knew. So I walked up to Nick. I wish I had gotten our introduction recorded, because when we began, Nick told me he didn't have a story to tell, which isn't anything I've ever worried about. By the end, I helped him write his first word in his story. Nick, I hope that you wrote a word the next day and another one the day after that. And I hope that you write words every day. Thank you for being the first word in my story too. And with that, I give you Stranger. Okay, so you tell me that you don't have a lot of story to tell. So are you originally from Southern California? No, I'm from Houston, Texas. I am too. Oh, nice. How long have you been here? About a year. What brought you here? Work. I'm here for work. What kind of work do you do? I do gas systems on landfills. That's hard work. Somewhat. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you like it better here or in Houston? I love it here. I'd move here. Yeah. How long are you here for? Uh, I actually leave tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going up north to Stockton to do another project. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't know yet. I mean, I guess I get to see a different part of California, but kind of sad at the same time. I really, San Diego has grown on me a lot. So you've been away from Houston for a while. What's the biggest difference between Houston and California? Activities okay. for me. Um, there's a lot of fun things to do, free things too. It's a lot more living here than back home. What is your least favorite thing about it here? Cost of living. God, I know, right? Yeah, yeah it's tough. Uh, what do you do with your time when you're not working? Come to the beach. Yeah? Yeah, read books, watch my shows. How old are you? 29. How long have you been working in your field? Uh, a little over a year. Okay. Yeah. You have a partner? Oh no, a I'm a girlfriend. No, I'm married. Oh, you're married. Yeah. Okay, so is your wife here with you? Uh, she just flew home last week. She was out here. I had her and my kid here. We went to Disney, Knott's Berry Farm, and came to the beach a few times. Did the kids like just? Yeah. Oh yeah, she loved it. But uh, how old? She's she just turned four, the 24th of October. So. They're so perfect at four, aren't oh, they? Yeah. They like start developing these gorgeous little personalities yes uh, some of them more fun than others yeah <laughs> what, what's she into right now it's dinosaurs and dance i love it yeah. i love it wow what were you into when you were really little 
Um, I was I was real outdoorsy, so kind of kind of the same now that I think about it. I was into dinosaurs a lot. I can still go to my dad's uh, house, and there's a spot where I I buried all my dinosaurs and my soldiers. So. I like that. So you were putting the dinosaurs back in the ground. Yeah. That's funny. Okay, so you were from Houston. Did you go sit on the beach in Galveston when you were being outdoorsy? No, so like the first time I went to Galveston, I was probably like 17 or 18. Okay. My parents never took us there. We, we'd go to the lakes or rivers instead. Um, turns out Galveston's real dirty, so they avoided it. What part of town did you live in? Um, a small town outside of it. It's uh, Tarkenton, Texas. Tarkenton. What side? Like north, south, west? Uh, northeast. Yeah, northeast. So, did you like small town living? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I used to think that I wanted to always live like in the small town, but now it's like the big cities have everything more accessible, better schools. And so I feel like I'd want to get away home, like in my small town. I don't know for, I don't know what reasons, but not, not my permanent. My permanent would have to be the city. You think so? Yeah. Okay. What city? Honestly, maybe even San Diego. I bought a house back in 2019. If it wasn't for that mortgage, I don't think I'd stay in Texas. I think I'd actually move over here, relocate, but, you know, I I didn't think, I, I was the person who said, I'm never leaving Texas. I'm never leaving my small town. And I worked in the oil field. And then when the pandemic hit, I lost my job. And then I started working at this company and they're the we travel all along the west coast so we'll be anywhere from here to washington and that's when i finally got to know california so you know i've actually been to different cities with that company and they're all been along the west coast i've been to la i've been in vegas for like two months uh, and somewhere up there in washington small towns and so far, San Diego takes the cake. Does your life look like what you expected it to look like eight years ago? No, just just the fact that I, I mean, I never really thought myself even enjoying California. Because we're from Texas, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I was like very small-minded. What do you, when you say small-minded, you can define that if you want to, but what do you think about, you said was, tell me about was. Like, uh the word I'm looking for. I was very much on like like the right side of things. Okay. <laughs> and I feel like now I'm more what's the word liberated or whatnot. I mean I just I grew up with different ideals and beliefs and it took like it took you know me working out here and seeing other things to realize that I don't know the world's much bigger getting new perspectives yeah yeah meeting people from outside your your little bubble yeah yeah different yeah people with different ideas and beliefs and man from texas when you're from texas like you gotta be proud of being from texas and yeah. then you have that certain like texan mentality yeah separate of the small town bit separate of the southern bit you've got the texas bit right yeah, <laughs> yeah. no i get it i get it um, yeah i came from a really conservative family and I have some really conservative families still. Yeah. Um, but I've been
been liberated a bit myself. This project that I'm doing is a bit of liberation for myself. Um, I'm pursuing my creative dreams, which I never felt like I was allowed to do when I was a kid, right? My mom was a painter. Her art was very, like, evident. We could see the product of her art. Um, my art is in talking to people. And I always got shush when I was little, so I just learned how to do it professionally. I went into HR. Okay. Spent 15 years in his, as an HR director. Got really good at like you know businessy shit. And then 2020 hit, and my whole life changed. And now this is what I want to do in my life: is like sit on the beach and let me let people tell me about themselves. My project is about the fact that literally everybody deserves a chance to say who they are. And who you are yesterday and who you are five years ago and who you're going to be tomorrow are very different. And there's not a lot of opportunity for you to define yourself in any given day. Right. And, you know, you're sitting here thinking about, like, this is your last day in this beautiful place that you've come to love. You're headed off to, like, maybe greener pastures, definitely cooler temperatures. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and, like you're thinking about like all of the ways that your life has changed a lot in the last few years and imagine if you hadn't been open to those opportunities to travel and you would never have found yourself in this spot today what do you want your child to know about like how to get to this place that you are right now faster that's a good question I don't know if I have an answer for that. I just, I know like, you know, I mentioned like in the bigger cities for education and stuff. Uh, really, all I want her to do is feel free to do whatever she wants to do. You know, as long as it's within the law. Right, right, right. Um, but I mean, as far as she goes, I just, I just want her to believe that she can do everything she can, you know. That was a good question, but I didn't have the answer. That's okay. My kids are 21 and 24. Oh, wow. Yep. I've got one in graduate school, and I've got one that is, like, just, like, skate vibe at the seat of their pants. <laughs> I used to have a lot of investment in what, how their lives turned out. Like, I, we really, really pushed my son to go to college and make sure that, you know, getting an education was the best thing for him. But we really pushed, right? Um, it was easy for him, and he excelled, and clearly he's in graduate school now, right? It tells me now that he wishes that I would have been a lot more deliberate with the ways that I told him that he could make his own choices in life. He understands that his life will be a certain way because he pursued education the way that he did, which is great, and you know, it does feed him in a certain way, but I think that he wishes that we had been able to tell him that he can really be anything he wants, like you just said. So from the perspective of a just barely adult child, yeah. the thing that that, that that child asked for if he could have had it all done over again was the opportunity to be told literally, you literally can be anything you want. And if it means that you want to sit on the beach and make art by talking to strangers, you have to be able to like do it. You may not think you had a whole lot to say in that moment, my feedback is that word on the street that is a pretty important ideal for your kid that's good to know yeah i mean because his parents were always wondering how we're fucking it up right yeah i mean yeah <laughs> or at least terrified that we're going to yeah, yeah. <laughs> see me on the other hand i 
I kind of wish my parents would have been tougher on me or like more into my life. Not saying that they did a bad job, but uh, it's like school didn't matter <laughs> that much to them. And I feel like it mattered, but if they'd have pushed me, um, I think my career would be very different. If you weren't doing this, if they had pushed you and you got to do something else, what would it have been? I'd have been an engineer. That's what I'm working on now. Because I've always had, you know, what was the word? Like, I've, I've always been pretty smart. Just, I don't, I never really pursued school or anything like that. You didn't have a lot of encouragement. No. And, and one thing I do regret is when my dad would tell me, don't hang out with those kids. They're losers. I wish I'd have believed them because fast forward and some of them, not to down anybody, but they still live with their mom. They're still trying to be drug dealers. And they're just, they're just not, they were cool then. And now it's like, damn, my dad, you know. He had a sense. Yeah. And, but yeah, if they would have pushed school some more, that would have been great. Education's great. It's really important. I think pushing the opportunity to pursue is maybe is maybe that's it like school is always an opportunity for you right right? like and and i'm going to support you in the best way to keep that opportunity open instead of like you got to go to school right and you got to get an education right Right. but like school is important but also imagine all of the different ways that your dad was telling you not to hang out with those kids and you were doing it anyway nothing he said was going to change your mind because you were going to make your own freaking decisions weren't you true you're always the kids are always going to make their own decisions how you teach them about how you feel about those decisions might be the most important part of that like the whole like i'm not mad i'm just disappointed is really just an ugly way to say that you're mad right right? i mean like if i had it all to do over with my son if i was able to be like i want education to be a priority because i want your life to be good i think i would have started out with I want your life to be good, and if pursuing education is the way you feel the best about making your life good, I'm always going to support that. But my mom had an 8th grade education, and I have half of an 11th grade. I dropped out of 11th grade, and I went to one semester of college after I got my GED. And I've had to work really hard, like 10 times as hard as a person with a degree would have had to work, but I still did it. And I achieved the thing that the person with a degree would have achieved. And I worked really, really hard to get there. And once I got there, I was like, well, I put a lot of work into something that I don't want to do anymore. (laughs) And I think that the idea there being just um, instead of chasing the goal, maybe I would have chased the feeling. I'm chasing a feeling when I sit down and talk to you. I'm chasing a connection. I'm chasing a moment in between two human beings where you have no idea who the hell I am. And if I leave here right now, nothing about me is going to change your life. What can you say in that moment about yourself that you can just be honest about? I think you have, we've been for 17 minutes now for the story that you don't have to tell. It's not easy to talk about yourself sometimes. 
How do you feel like 15 minutes into a conversation with a weird stranger? Um, I don't know. I, I like to talk to people. I'm, I'm like an introvert. Once I start talking, you know, I'm fine with it. People call me the intro, the emotional support extrovert in my friend group. Nice. <laughs> All of my friends are pretty quiet introverts. And if you put us all at a table, Natalie is the director of conversation. But that's my job. So, you know, approaching people and talking to people is... I'm not afraid of that at all. Right. I've been doing that my whole life. I'm just bad at the approach, I guess. Oh, yeah, no. Right. Once, you know, once I get to talking, I'm fine. What is your biggest goal for the next 30 days of your life? Um, 30 days? Honestly, I just try to get better by the day. What are you doing to be better today? I work out. Uh, about a year ago, I was about 60 pounds heavier. Wow. I, I wasn't really doing anything to better myself. So now it's, you know, today I'm not reading a book, but usually I'm either working out, reading a book. I recently took up writing too, just to develop better writing skills. So just trying to get better day by day with those small things. They add up. What kind of books do you like to read? Um, right now I'm reading, they're actually in Spanish. Okay. Yeah, but they're more like like self-help books. Yeah? Yeah. Um, just the way to view the world and stuff. I'm not really into fictions yet. I'm more into, like I said, better myself. When you write, what do you write? So, um, I started... I saw this thing on Instagram where this guy said that when he writes, he'll just go and like print out somebody's book and start writing what they already wrote or something, just to understand how writers are. And that's what I've been doing. And at one point, I kind of wanted to like write down my day and stuff, kind of like a diary, I guess. But I, it, I would kind of hit a roadblock. So yeah, I just started pretty much plagiarizing, in other words. And, like you get to pick up different authors' skills and yeah. what they like. Can I give you a piece of advice? Yeah. If you would like to start journaling about your day, but there is a block of, of some reason, get either a piece of paper or one of those like uh, dry erase magnet boards or whatever for your fridge. Tape it on the fridge and commit to writing one word for each day with a date next to it. Don't journal. Don't worry about journaling. Now, leave space on the paper, leave space on the whiteboard where if you want to write three words or six words, just a word. And then if that starts to feel like, okay, maybe I want to write 20 words, then maybe buy post-it notes for yourself. And then just commit to maybe like writing enough words to make it worth wasting a post-it note. And you can even buy the little ones, you know, the smallest size. Right. You do not start any journey with big steps. You right. start every journey with a single step. Right. Journaling is access to you. Journaling is access into your inner world, your inner experience. And a lot of us in the world have been taught that our inner experiences are ours to hold on to, be secretive about, sometimes be embarrassed or ashamed about. 
And so deciding to tell those inner experiences can feel very vulnerable to yourself. So don't make it hard. One word. Mm-hmm. On a piece of paper where you can see it, like the bathroom mirror, maybe the, uh, the refrigerator door. And I, the only other recommendation I have is don't do it on your phone. Right. When we write on our phones, we're writing for an audience, right? When we type into our phones, we're typing so that somebody else can see it for right. the most part. So our brains are kind of like wired to, to edit, censor, consider the audience. There's a natural connection between your brain, your truth, and your hand that you'll find that when you write with your actual hand, everything that feels right will come out. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. One word. And when one word's not enough, use two. And when two words isn't enough, use six. Just one word. That sounds like a good idea. What's your word for today? I don't know. Today, I could actually write something. Stranger came up to me. Can I make one more suggestion, please? Yeah, go ahead. Will you write a word in the sand, whatever your word is? Will you let me witness you write your word for the day today? Can I watch you write your word in the sand? And you can write the word, What you can write stranger. I don't care what you write. <laughs> yeah, I'll write Here you go. Will you tell me your word? No, that was a stranger. It was a stranger. <laughs> okay, that's great. I think this is a good place to wish each other well and on our journeys. It probably won't surprise you that Nick and I actually kept talking after the recording went off. We talked about the things that he liked to eat the most when he went back home, and it turns out his family owns a franchise of Hart's Chicken Buffets. I told him that that fake margarine that they put on the rolls there has a place in my heart, and I don't just mean in a clog. I have already critiqued this conversation in a thousand different ways and decided how many ways I could have done it better. But I'm really proud of myself for this first conversation. I really appreciate you listening, and I really hope you'll join me again.